Hey folks, Matt here. One quick thing before we get started. This is a part two. We do this all the time. It says so in the title. If you haven't listened to part one, stop this one. Go back to part two. We had a great part one. We had a great conversation with Corey. We're going to pick it up almost exactly where we left off. And uh, stay tuned at the end for some updates on some new things coming from Drink This Podcast. Now into the show. You are now tuned in to Drink This Podcast. Matt and Paul G. Chatting top quality. You know they always got a free talk policy. Guests speak honestly. No apology. Full spectrum from politics to comedy. Please listen responsibly. A few brew in, chance of animosity. A couple more brew when the crew getting wobbly. No matter this, the park place a podcast monopoly. Drink this podcast. Yep. Sounds delicious. Yeah, woman comes in, and uh, she's like, "Can I get that Benny? But instead of the bannock, can I get ground toast and no hollandaise? And can I get the guacamole on the side, please? And my egg done medium." No. And, and the waitress is like, "So you don't want that Benny?" You want toast, poached eggs, and guacamole. And she's like, no, I want that Benny, but I want it this way. She's like, ma'am, no, you don't. What you want is poached the to- toast. To- toast, poached eggs, guacamole on the side. And I'll tell you what, if you order a side of toast, it's $2. And if you order two eggs, they're a dollar each. Yeah. And if you order a side of guacamole, it's $2. So you end up spending $6 instead, instead of, of ordering a $16 penny. <laughs> and the and woman was like, oh, I guess I do want that. <laughs> yes, you do, man. Yes, you do. Let me fetch that for you. Coming right up. Let's say, let's say oh, and, and, and the part about the bannock instead of the English muffin that was important, it's just... Uh, another woman actually asked to hold it and they were like, well, would you like something else? And uh, she says, yeah, I just want a white toast. I'm allergic to bannock. Um, so bannock bannock? and bread are made of the exact same fucking things and Uh just slightly different ratio. Yeah. (laughs) A different preparation. Like, yeah, like it's the same thing. (laughs) No, I get that people are stupid, and I'm never a prick about it. I, like, I'm never like, oh, they don't have, like, well, sometimes I get upset, but it's because I'm hangry, not because I'm a dick. I'm just hungry, and I want to eat. Yep. But I don't, like, go out of my way to point it out, unless it's appropriate to the situation where I'm like, hey, I don't want to eat that. You know what? I'm more than happy to modify things if people are um, going to tell me that they dislike something and if it's you know a simple thing or withholding an ingredient from a dish uh but when you start completely overhauling a dish (laughs) and creating your own dish that's the point where i'm going to say no and it's not just about you it's um you know we i i talk about the kitchen being a machine a a very finely tuned machine and when everything on your station and in your kitchen is set up and pre-prepped for a very specific menu, yeah, 
uh, and your guys have learned a muscle memory to um, execute that, and you, you train for it, and you get into this rhythm, uh, and when you have to break that rhythm to do things that are <clears throat> highly out of the ordinary, which is why allergies are such an important thing. Yeah. Like, if you have an allergy, tell your server as soon as you walk in. Yeah. Like, as soon as you sit down, they come over to you. Just for the record, I'm allergic to nuts. I'm allergic to this or that or the whatever. Because, and be truthful about it. Yeah. If you don't like something, tell them it's a preference. Because when you say allergy, it kicks into a whole different uh, that always drove set of operations where you have to take brand new cutlery and cutting boards and instead of using that uh you know those greens that you have online you have to run in the back and grab fresh stuff and yeah. you have to make new sauces and um and and it affects all the 40 50 100 people that are dining behind you yeah well, and it's also it's with your server or your bartender because maybe they got to make sure that they're exactly. using gloves or they're yeah. cleaning their hands or whatever and that always drove me nuts when people did that because like there are things i don't like i hate i hate mushrooms so, like, I had lunch today at a restaurant, and I, mushrooms are part of the dish. And I said, like, can you just not include them? It's not an allergy. I just, yeah, I don't, just like, don't like them. If that's a problem, I'll eat it with them. I'm not going to be a pain. It's just if this is, like, if you pre-made this sauce from yesterday and you can't take them out, it's not, I'm like, I didn't say this, but yeah. it, I have gotten into that with people before where it's like, oh, well, you know, this, we, we've been cooking this overnight. We can't really take it out. Okay, great. I'll just eat around it. That's fine. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be a pain. This is not a, I'm not going to die. I just, I don't like them. Yeah. Well, and, and, the f or you order something else and, yeah, and exactly. you know what if i'm gonna be really pragmatic and i'm gonna be really honest about it okay and and if i'm gonna reach out to the you know dining public out there for those of you who do choose lessons to lie for about, diners. yeah if you do choose to lie about something and say it's an allergy um we're gonna know your fucking line and we're going to make fun of you incessantly. <laughs> to the woman about six years ago when I was working in BC who specifically asked me to come offline and stop doing my job to come and talk to you because your allergy was life-threatening and you told me that you, you could not under any circumstances have any red, yellow, or orange bell peppers Okay. But you could have green. That's but that But you were allergic to all the other bell peppers. Uh, but, but I want to tell you a big whole hearty uh fuck you. <laughs> Cuz I've made fuck Actually no, thank you. Not fuck you. Thank you. <laughs> because you have been an endless source of entertainment for me and friends and because I got a lot of mileage. Because at the end of the day, a pepper those peppers are just That's they're the exact thing. same thing in different stages of development and molecularly they are exactly the same. Yep. So um you are being a pain in my ass. You're wasting my time and my team's time. You're affecting all the people that are supposed to be enjoying their meals because mm. now I have to take these ridiculous measures. Mm -hmm. Uh, because of your entitlement. If you're genuinely allergic, tell us, we'll take care of it. If it's a preference, say so, and we will ensure that it's not in there if that's possible. Right. You're not going to get any yellow peppers if you ask for no yellow peppers, but if you say you're allergic, they're theoretically obligated to make sure you have like sterilized equipment and yep. you're using a fresh cutting board. Yeah. And, like I've seen that when people do that in my kitchen, I'm going like, I'm really sorry, guys. I'm really, really sorry. I know this is bullshit, but it's <sighs> it's 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 very difficult, and, and um, you know, we strive to we strive to please people, right? We do this because we genuinely love 
taking care of people, making memories, making friends, um, playing with wonderful products, having relationships with farmers or liquor suppliers mm -hmm. or whatever it is. We love our jobs and we choose to do this and take care of, of people. And, it, and it, I'm sure it relates to people who make a career in retail or make a career in any other service industry. Yep. You choose to do it because you have a need to take care of people. And when it's good, it's great. Yeah. When when you interact with somebody who like understands how this relationship works and what's going on here, like you're here to ask me questions and I'm gonna try and sell you something. Maybe you'll buy it, maybe you won't, but like that's what's happening here. Yep. And your money does not entitle you to abuse me or to like talk down to me or speak like shit to me. But I will do my best to serve your need, and we will complete this transaction. You will mosey on about. I still go back and work sometimes for product for my our old retail store because mm -hmm. when that was good, it was the best job I've had to date. It just didn't pay very well. Yeah, that's the problem. Like it paid twelve bucks an hour or something, and like that doesn't pay your bills thirty hours a week. Nope, so. no, no, not even at thirty eight. No, but when, <laughs> it, but when it was good. Those were good great. days. And yeah. same thing with bartending. Like, I ended up getting out of it. Oh, man. Because the, the um, bar that I worked at was struggling, and I got a job offer that led into my current career. Well, and it's, it's very unstable that way. And it... But, like, when the, the shifts were good, there was about two months at the last bar that I worked at where, like, some of my best memories probably ever of getting off shift at, like, 3 in the morning with my buddy from the kitchen that was closing with me, and we'd go and grab a six-pack and watch the sun come up out back. And, like, you know, the, were the, the night where I had on uh sinatra or something at like one in the morning with the snow coming down and the last two tables just moved the tables out of the way and started dancing yeah uh, like, those are things nice. that i will probably remember till my death it's 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 a funny thing some of the best memories i have and the most poignant memories i have yeah are about people that i can't stand <laughs> and probably hate my guts and yet at, the, uh, at that moment, it was like one of the most beautiful things, you know, mm -hmm. or some are, are with some of my best friends, for right. sure. But it's like the uh, the depth of, of effect that that kind of experience it has on you is something else. Well, I am happy that at least um, the kitchen guy in question I'm still pretty close to. Yeah. We don't see each other very often. It's like a couple times a year, but yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, no. You know what? Some of our some of the our favorite people in the industry are also also some of the most um, messed up. Yeah, it's um, you know we. Where where do you this, think that comes from? Like what? Their personalities. What is it that um, attracts that kind of personality to this kind of industry? So okay, so there's uh, we we lost somebody very yeah. recently, a, a bartender who was uh, very Matt important. knows about it. Um, Brendan Brewster, and I'm, I'm not going to try to uh, quote him verbatim for it. Um, it. It was something about the the sadism of like how we have this Im immeasurable, insatiable need to take other to take care of others at the expense of ourselves. Yeah. Something along those lines, uh, and. Um, and that's true. You're working really long hours. You're when everybody else is out at play, you're, you're working, working to take care of them. Mm -hmm. um, your personal relationships suffer drastically. I haven't had a chance to see my nephews, my 
um, you know, my family, my friends, I haven't, I, it's gotten to a point now where after a long time, um, your friends almost don't bother to call you to invite you to anything because yeah. they automatically assume you're going to be working. Yeah. The longer you're in that, the more the only people you see are people in hospitality. You work with, yeah. And, and because you, you, get off you spend more time with them than you do your own family. Yeah. You know, and that's where you forge these bonds. You where... work 15 hours a shift. Yeah. And then get off work at four in the morning with the same people where you've been and hauling you're ass. Wired. And yeah, because like you have to be to do this. It takes ages to come down. That's like yeah. the number of times we were, like we got off shift at three or four in the morning, and I'd be taking a cab at like seven to go home. Yeah. yeah. And sleep for six hours and then do it again. Like I loved it at the time, but you know I did it for a year. Right. And I was already seeing a lot it's... of like friends are like, hey, you want to go for a drink? It's like, well, you can come and drink at the bar that I'm bartending yeah. at, but like. <laughs> I'm going to be at work. So. And it's physically demanding. Yeah. It's mentally taxing. Um, if Working at bars is a special kind of hell where you have to um, be a psychologist. You have to be like a, a service character. You have, you have to put on these different hats. You have to understand like one of the, one of the most fucked up things I ever saw was serving this guy for like two and a half hours. I was bartending, and during the day we didn't have a server on that section, so I just mm-hmm. took that table. And, right. Um, he was very quiet and polite, and he was sitting there reading a book, and all seemed well and fine, and he drank, like, five pints of Guinness. And he paid his bill, and he tipped, like, fucking 30%. And, Not bad. Uh, I came back to clean the table, and sitting on the table was his um, his one-year chip from fucking ADAC. Ooh. Or from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh no! <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I just fucking like, I, I, I just had a hand in that. Like I just had a hand in that. Yeah. You know, and the, but nothing you could have done about it. Nothing like, I could have done you about had it. No but idea. You like he didn't say anything. You know, a statue of limitations is way past on this motherfucker so i'm yeah. just gonna come out and say this there used to be a time i used to sell drugs mm-hmm. yeah. i used to sell coke and i remember a woman losing her shit because she was x price and she was like you're taking food out of my baby's mouths and this and that and blah 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 blah. and that was one of the last times i ever went out and the that that took me a long time to process that somebody would accuse me Having them willingly give yeah. me their money instead of feeding their kids. As I watched their kids sitting there, saying how hungry they were. Mm-hmm. No. That's... In that situation, you don't like, hey, no, 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 because it's not going to end well for anybody. No. Um, but after it sank in and, and, and it That's got to heavy. me and it was like one of the last times I ever went out. And it's just like, how can I justify sitting there doing something like that to people? And, and when you are in the service industry and your, your job and your wage relies on you buying a trade, yeah. whether it's food, alcohol, whatever, just like anything. Yeah. You're, um, you're but, doing a dance you're putting on, but you look at some of these situations and you know, I'm lucky I've not had to uh, be in it very much, but 
when people are sitting on VLPs all day. Oh, and man. Blowing away their, their savings. That's and then they sad. get mad at the people that have the, the VLPs. Because they yeah. didn't win. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, you know, or somebody that comes in and drinks too much and acts like an asshole. And next thing you know, their girlfriend's breaking up with them mm. in a public place. And then it's the, your fault because you just put that last bottle of wine in front of them. Or, yeah. you know, there's there's... It got dark real fast you in get, here. You get to see the best and worst. Oh, of I people, know what you mean. You know? like, I've like, had, I've even retail customers was like, I did I ever tell you about know. the guy when I worked in the mall? He had. We didn't see this because he was wearing a long sleeve shirt. Um, so I worked at the liquor store in the mall. You don't need to hear my comments on that. Nope. But um, <laughs> there was a time like we saw some some messed up shit there too. Aside from the fact that our we didn't have a bathroom so we shared the bathroom with the bingo across the way oh, joy. so like i've seen guys snorting coke chugging mickeys we sold them a minute ago like <laughs> i walked in once and there were three guys just smoking joints were like just stared at me like i'm gonna come back in a couple minutes like you do your thing whatever <coughs> um and probably goes without saying these were not exactly friendly types that i was usually seeing given who goes and hangs out at the bingo at two o'clock yeah. on a weekday um yeah. we can talk about that more off mic if you want but uh, there was a guy who came in and, and I didn't see this until after he left, but he was like, I really need to, you know, I'm, I'm having a crap day. I need a drink or something. I'm like, okay. Yep. So he buys a Mickey of Bacardi white and like, he's friendly, older guy, probably about 65 chats for a minute or two. And as he goes to like, as he's pulling his card away, we see he's got a hospital bracelet on as a patient oh, and I don't yeah. know what he's on. Yeah. Like if I'd seen that first, I'd have said like, I can't sell to you. I don't know what this might be doing. And we're kind of like myself and my coworker were kind of like, oh shit, as he's walking away. And then my coworker taps me on the shoulder. He's look around. So guy's walking down the middle of the mall, chugs the entire Mickey and throws it in the garbage can and just walks off. And I'm like, we kind of looked at you and we should not have sold it. You would be shocked how many pregnant women. Oh man. Abundantly clear pregnant women. Yeah. Yeah. Will order liquor. I'm not at all sure. But you can't and, and you know what, serve like, them, can you? And you know what? Like culturally. Depends on where you are. Culturally, like in, you know, in France. Pregnant woman, will have a glass it's, of wine. it's acceptable for her to have a glass of wine every now and again. Yeah. Right? Like, um, and just like in Japan, pregnant women eat sushi all the time. Yeah. Raw fish. In North America, you're told not to do that. Don't do yeah. that. So I'm not going to I don't scientifically get into it, but like when you have a, um, a pregnant mother come up to you and order alcohol off you, you as a fully functioning human being are going to have some issue morally and ethically with it yes it's interesting you bring up that because they just changed the rules in new york state and you're no longer allowed to refuse liquor to visibly pregnant women as of like really? a week ago not allowed to you're not allowed to refuse it there if they want their choice if they want to go and chug six bottles of wine then they can do it you can't so, stop them okay holy shit yeah that also <laughs> starts to enter into some social issues because a yeah. friend of a friend is a doctor in a reserve in northern saskatchewan yeah. and um, I'm won't go into too many details because this was shared in conference with somebody that wasn't me. But uh, there was there was a girl who <laughs> fuck you're killing my show, man. No, I'm I'm you're not saying cut this out. I just I'm you not can cut give this details. out. We'll talk for another forty minutes after. I know, I'm not saying cut it out. I'm just I'm saying I'm not giving details. But <laughs> guy works in a reserve, and there was a girl who was going to get an abortion. Found out that she was going to get money for it, and she was like partying and doing drugs and all that because she figured like doesn't matter. Uh, found out how much she would get theoretically every month if she had the kid, and decided to keep it but was not planning on stopping doing drugs or alcohol. And I was like, okay, um, that, that I couldn't handle the no. responsibility of that. Like, well, and uh, like I've, I've had customers in retail who were not, who did not meet the requ the criteria for refusal of service, mm. but I knew should not be served. Yeah. 
And like uh, I used to work at a store that would like in a town where d- cab deliveries are common, right? Uh, so you get a lot of guys coming in, they buy a few bottles of this and a six pack of that and like a couple of fucking single shots. And more often than not, there was a single shot in the parking lot that a cab driver had likely ingested and then gone like, yeah. oh, what the fuck? It's a special kind of fucking hell when you hop into a cab and get onto the Hende and he uh, <laughs> reaches into his little cubby next to the door and pulls out a few sticks of vodka. No. And starts uh, taking some sips. You're kidding so, me. So dead serious. My family oh my and I God. went and, to... Uh, and, and people wonder why I loved Uber. <laughs> so Dad Mar and I went for the fancy dinner from Dad's wine uh, buying thing with him at the yeah. Fort Edmonton this, uh, Christmas. And we decided to take a cab because we knew we were going to drink a lot and it was just easier. And the guy who comes and picks us up is visibly drunk and like is a block away. And we're like jumping up and down and waving and he's not seeing us. Uh, And so as we're going, like he's starting and stopping and like we're going into the merge over along uh, the riverbank under the high level. And he like is in a merge lane and not merging and like nearly isn't an accident. We're going like. Do we call the cops? Like, what do we do here? Have you ever been in a cab and thought to yourself, I kind of hope we get into an accident as soon as possible, because at least then I won't have to pay for the fare? (laughs) Like, no, it's going to happen, whether it's now or later. I just hope it's fucking soon so I can get out of this. (laughs) Yeah, I've never quite been in that. I just want it to happen now, so, like, I don't know. I'm not out the 20 bucks. Oh, shit. Um, So, now that we've touched on some dark shit. Yeah. (laughs) uh, We said we were going to talk politics, and we kind of did. Uh, So, there's a couple other things I want to hit on, and I know Corey wanted to, to hit these as well. So... uh, Wait, wait, wait. You throwing me under the bus? No, not at all. I just... You asked, so we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, I want to do, uh, gender division, economics, and we can finish with earls. Are you okay with that? Gender division, economics, and earls. Yeah. So I want to talk about sexism. I want to talk about tipping and I want to talk about locally raised uh, hormone free beef. Okay. Oh God. We still have beer. So we're we're going to need it. Uh, I got scotch if it comes to (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what do you want to start with? Uh, oh, fuck. Let's start with tipping. All right. Yeah. Tipping it is. The economics of the service industry, folks. This, tie, this ties in nicely to our conversation before we go out way off track. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. It's like we reach this level of like of, of clarity after a few drinks where we just like end up tying it all back around. It worked so perfectly when we got completely distracted by Oscar talk. <laughs> And just like came in because we were kind of drunk by the end of that, and that landing stuck like crazy. (laughs) It was fucking great. All right, so uh, as I mentioned in the upfront, like we tend to devalue the uh, uh, the the job that people do in the service industry. Um, We tend to uh, treat it like it's it's nothing, or like that as if it's a job for teenagers, and it's just not the case, right? Like. It's a hard job, as we've discussed at length here, that takes a physical and mental toll on you. And we've actually think it's such a shit job that more importantly, it takes a toll on your compassion, your your love for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> there's there's probably a good reason why I went from bartending to working in an archives where people only come and talk to me with an appointment. Yeah. But part of the reason that we that that's part of the minimum wage law, at least here, that service industry jobs are worth less per hour than than say other jobs or even retail jobs, uh, is because of tipping. Uh, and tipping, the reason I've specified North American and Corey specified it as well, is because in other places, that's not a thing, or at least not to the degree that it is here. Let me ask you a really interesting question. By all means. So why is it okay for uh, us to legislate that a server or bartender gets paid less because they get a... Um, Gratuity? Uh, what is... What is you know, essentially an expected gratuity. Yeah. Uh, based on level of service and product and everything else that goes into people's um, measurements of this. Um, but then sir, people who work at, say, like Starbucks or something like that or a cab driver mm -hmm. or anybody else that now thinks they deserve a tip. I'll tip. No problem. No, no, but why is it if you choose not to, they get upset about it? Because they're paid less than other people. Basically. But are they paid less than minimum wage? No. But the minimum wage... Think about think about this for a second. Because tipping has be, has taken on, uh, 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 I guess you could say, a level of social importance, of uh, social relevance. Yeah. Um, that, in a way, uh, almost replaces classism oh absolutely like i am straight up a 20 percent tipper like you have to fuck up really bad for me to not to be well, well think about it like what kind of impact does it have what happens when somebody has a 50 dollar bill at dinner yeah and they leave 250 dollars what happens when this happens now it goes viral there's a picture on the internet there's people yeah. raving about humanity in this or this person's the, such a good person or blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. But then other people will look at it and say, well, I'm not happy because I didn't get a lemon with my water. Um, sorry, mom. Or uh, um, <laughs> she knows it's a little inside jab, but <laughs> it's uh, my mom knows what she wants, but she is very generous. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's one of these things where we, um, if you tip like shit, you're going to get shit service. And there's been p people who have far more experience than her, who are far better at what they do than I am, who have said, well, maybe if you're getting shit service, it's because you're a shit customer. Yeah. Right? So in my ideal world, it's always been my dream to have a business, uh, and I hope to make this happen sooner than later, but a business where there is no tipping anymore. Um, I would rather tack on an extra 20% onto my menu in very strategic places. Yeah. So as not to be an, a burden to my guests. Right. To cover those costs and ensure that all my staff are paid with a livable wage. Really? Uh, give them benefits. It, this is a this is a business of very slim economics. Yeah, no, the re like and, people don't understand how thin margins in restaurants yeah. are. It's you're hanging on by a and, wire. And and it times. and it takes one bad week. Yeah. To tank some places, not one bad year, no. one not bad month, one bad week. Yeah. Can kill a restaurant, um, if things aren't being managed properly. It's it's one of these things where. You. And especially today, in today's 
uh, climate because people want and are demanding more of you. They want better mm-hmm. product. They want yeah. better service. They want. There's a level of entitlement knowledge. in 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 the customer. Not base. just entitlement. It's it's. I, I prefer to think of it as fiscal responsibility. Okay. okay. I I I try to. I try to run my kitchens in this manner when I'm allowed to in that um, when the dollars come in from your pocket as a diner to me as as a business, Mm -hmm. I want to ensure that when those dollars leave my hands, they stay as close to home as possible. Right. Whether it's Canadian or Western Canadian or or Edmonton or whatever, but I will always, I will always, yeah, focus on. Uh, taking care of our economy and our people first financially in the only way that I really have an ability to. I have no control when I pay my taxes mm-hmm. to tell my government where to spend my taxes. I mean, I can protest all I want and this and that, but vote. at the end of the day, I don't have a direct, I don't have a direct control over it. Okay. I do have a direct control of where the dollars that flow through my business go. Because I like your, your end, Result, I will accept your premise. Uh, when I was, I wish I could remember what fucking class this was for. Because I, I, I can't. I can't tell you to the day what class this, what this class was called. But I had to write a paper on, like, a religious figure. Uh, so I picked Malcolm X. Because, yay. Um, and I spent... <laughs> I, I would spent, argue whether or not it's a religious figure, but continue. I, I think he counts. Like, he was Islam, spiritual. He was pretty big in that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he counts as a religious figure in my mind. Uh, and he was, like, it was all related to, like, um, what do they call it? Liberation theology. So, okay. like, the black church, essentially. And okay. or, like, the, the church of the oppressed classes. Uh, and I got really into this speech that he gave about, like, there's a revolution coming and we can do it with the ballot or we can do it with the bullet, which is a little inflammatory. What the premise of his speech is, is that, like, you could... The, you need to spend your dollar in your community, right? Like, uh, if you spend your dollar outside of your community, it goes out and your community becomes a slum because nobody that runs a business here is making any money. Yep. So there's no, like, the, the vitality of the neighborhood goes down. Uh, and then you're, uh, in his words, boycotting and picketing some cracker trying to beg him for a job. Yep. Uh, when if you spent your dollar in your community, it would marginally, or benefit your community much bigger. So, like, that. They, they say there's a they say there's something like a eight time return, eight hundred percent return or something like that on uh, every dollar that's spent in a local economy. Is that true? I'm, I'm Fuck, I'm not an economics uh, professor. I <laughs> I don't I can't I can't uh, I can neither verify nor confirm uh, nor deny. deny. We don't like the advance <laughs> here. So but, well, let's then let's. Uh, refocus on. I tipping, can tell you. So. I can tell you. It does make a big difference, and this is why tipping to me is such an important um, crux of the so, t- of the economics of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Would you advocate then that in the system we operate in now, it's best to be a generous tipper? I think it depends on the situation. Speaking from front of house, you know what? But but I can't even. But I can't even. I'm not in the business of telling people how to tip because I don't know how people's economic situations are okay okay i don't know the you know maybe it's their their 20 year anniversary and it's the one time a year that they ever can afford to go out for dinner Mm -hmm. right and so they don't know the etiquette of it or they're shocked with the dining trends that are happening and so they see tongue on the menu and they're like what the fuck yeah 
I didn't come. I just wanted me a good old steak. You know, like they, I can't. And this is a big part of my reasoning why it should be abolished. It should be dropped. In favor of paying a server a living wage. Pay a server a living wage. Your cooks and make their some economic parity in the in the way that front and back are paid. Right. So reward front of house paid less or um, so front of house house gets paid less, but they make way more. Oh yeah, I used to. I uh, my roommate in university was a server. So so to give you an idea, a a server makes minimum wage, which right now I think is like eleven sixty, eleven eighty something. But a lower minimum wage than I would as a retail worker. Is yeah, that well, it's yeah, it's, it's a because, percentage below. I forget what it is. Yeah, but. so so it is. If you're tipped out, it's a lower minimum wage than anything else you can do in the world. Right. Um, in Canada, I guess. Yeah. Uh, is that but, federal law? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Or no, sorry, it's provincial. Is it's it provincial? Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it's true across every province, though. Well, every province has a different one, but we've always traditionally been the lowest. Yeah. Minimum wage. Uh, more business friendly in our nice <laughs> 44 years of bullshit. Right. Um, this is why I knew we would get along. But uh, <laughs> so so if you get rid of tipping and you pay everybody livable wages, mm-hmm. one of the things that has to happen with this is that you have to go to smaller crews of people. You have mm-hmm. to have smaller teams that work more frequently. Yeah. Um, a big part of running a economically viable restaurant is ensuring you have zero overtime yeah or don't pay it which a lot of places do which is in theory illegal i think technically illegal yeah and beyond that it's just fucking immoral yeah right anyway so um you end up with a lot of things that get skewed and I believe with a smaller team that are happy with their work-life balance, make a livable wage, they're going to show more loyalty. They're going to be more engaged in their business. And if you get to a point where you start changing your profit margins from being in the, say, 9 to 13, 14% margin, which most will run, and you can lift it to, say, a 15 to 20% profit margin, and you start giving out points of percentages of your business to your staff in Mm -hmm. profit sharing... Well, all they're going to want to do is work harder at it and make it better it, and uh, make themselves better. Absolutely. And then mm-hmm. what ends up happening is you have the sea change where uh, unit by unit, these places get better. Mm-hmm. And then they have to start competing against each other for a dining dollar. Mm-hmm. And then the entire scene progresses. And then you end up with something amazing. So this is also something they're actively well, moving towards at some restaurants in yes. the States. Um, and Not I, just the States. But I just, I want to make sure I, I, I've read you clearly because like I, I just, I I want this to be clear. What you're saying is that the incentive in a business needs to go to the employee who's producing your product or serving your product. Like your labor needs to be incentivized to do what they're doing well. Otherwise, your business will not succeed as well as it possibly could. When, it, when, it, when you have a cook that is willing. What did I say about cursing? Sorry, suggesting that labor is like what the makes the world go around is. Oh. <laughs> incredibly radical idea in my mind. Well, so I, I kind of want to interject for a second. From Maybe I wasn't clear about the sarcastic nature of my question. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Because, like, the last kitchen I worked at, there was a day where we were doing a promotional thing uh, where two of the guys from the kitchen were there literally for 36 hours. Like, they slept in the back. Wow. Um, and they did most of that for free because we were hurting. 
And part of the point of promotions was to go out and pass some food around. I think it was during Gay Pride a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, just to try and get some people in because that was a neighborhood and disposable income. Um, and so, like, not only was that not even acknowledged by owners or I think really even front of house, it was just like, it was a thing that happened. We made a ton of money in the week after that, and then it wasn't repeated. Yeah. Like, so we saved the business that was kind of the, the joke in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> but what struck me about that <laughs> was that, like, both of the guys that stayed to do that, even if they were being paid, because they just forfeited their wages, they clocked out and did eight hours worth of unpaid work. It's culturally your your but that, to, to be seen as a weak link is yeah. a shitty thing. Yeah. But it's, it's also that for the extra business that we got the next week after that, they weren't getting a share of the extra no. profit. No. And this was something that always drove me up the fucking wall because I had a policy that if I made more than $100 in tips, whoever was there on shift got some extra out of what yeah. I was obligated to tip them. And there was a night where we got fucking slammed and we accidentally sent somebody home early because we'd forgotten it was a long weekend. Oh. And so like we were, it was a solid 12 hours of movement. And I think I made like four or $500 in tips nice. that night. And the girl that I was working with made an extra hundred or 200 on top of that. I'll give you, to, to give you an idea of the disparity in it. Yeah. The kitchen crew would have made last like, year. Yeah. I, um, I did very well with my, my salary and everything, but yeah. with the number of hours that I was working, I actually like per hour yeah earned more or sorry earned less than I did in like 1999 and so this was what drove me wow. nuts is okay, that so... on nights like that I'm mostly making my money on the quality of the food because right. even when I'm making drinks we're so busy that like it's the food that's making my money yeah um just by definition and interesting like in so like the liquor tip? is what makes the owner the yeah, yeah I was so, gonna say. the liquor made the owners the money the food made me my money right so, so if the food's good mm. so i made like i say four or five hundred dollars in tips i don't remember this was a couple of years ago the two guys that were stuck in the kitchen because there was only like two of them for most right. of that shift too got an extra 150 bucks for me nice. because i'm going like this is fucking absurd i just made forty dollars an hour like it was a long exhausting day but yeah. like i just made a week's pay yeah and these guys are walking out with like a hundred bucks in pocket and that's stupid i i've seen in my time servers be able to pay like two months of their rent in one night yeah. work um, depending on the plate so like, and so this is oh, yeah, this is where get... my perspective is but then there were nights where i'd make 20 bucks and i would rather be assured that i'm gonna take home twenty dollars an hour for whatever time i'm there and make sure that the guys in the kitchen are taking home comparable or more. Right. Because then everybody's happy. And where a lot of the tension that I saw, at least in the bars that I worked at, was where front of house is making stupid amounts of money and they're flashing it around and mm. then getting mad at the kitchen. Their food's not coming out. Okay. Quickly and and, and oh. here's here's something that very few people will ever really admit to. Tips, part of the thing that I hate most about them is what they do to the back of house. Mm. Okay. Because tips, traditionally what happens is your server, bartender... They would they tip out percentages percentage to the house yeah to the back of house to bartender so if a you're server on the floor, makes hostess like, whatever let's say make three hundred dollars in tips I'm yeah. giving X percentage of that to say they have house. to give away five percent right of that um, and that's split between all of back of house so they what they do is say they made or say they sold three hundred dollars in product yeah and they have three hundred fifty dollars in their pocket because they made fifty bucks in tips right. They turn around and um, they have to take five percent of three hundred bucks. You're looking at like fifteen bucks or something yeah. like that, and that goes into um, to the tip outs. 
of that tip out, some goes to a hostess, some might go to the house, which some places do, even though it's illegal. Like um, a rake? What's that? Like rake? Like Yeah, essentially, they're skimming. Yeah. Um, Fuck. It's also like if a, if a restaurant, um, this uh, I've heard this happen before, where a restaurant will charge their servers, mm-hmm. say, 5% on every credit card transaction. But the fee that is actually paid out that a server would typically have to deal with right. is like, or they, they shouldn't have to deal with the credit card fee. Right. If your guest wants to pay with a credit card, that should be on some you. owners will charge the server 5% of You're that fee me. Which is bullshit. To, to charge for it, which is That's illegal. Insane. But it happens. Um, but yeah, and then they, so the server has to pay that out, that $15. So she's left with $35 that she made above her right. $11 an hour wage. Which is like 75 cents or whatever less. Yeah, than. And, and when servers and bartenders have to rely on the flow of business, quite often they're not working more than four or six hours. Yeah. Yeah. A day sure. and they get called off if they're on a patio and it's bad weather right. or whatever, all these things come up. Um, it's very in, in unstable work. Right. Okay. So, Which is the flip side of my comment. Cause there is, there totally. are the days where you can make great money, but there was the, when I worked at the club, um, it really depended on like to the point where the service staff was in such competition with each other that I, I misread my start time once, which was fine because we had everybody on, on duty. Right. But when I arrived, they said, oh, like half an hour late for what I thought was half an hour early. They go, oh, well, you should always be here an hour and a half early so you can lay claim to a good section. And the reason behind that was, A, just bad management, but B, um, that I would work a five-hour shift and make 20 bucks in tips off one table. Yeah. And, and, that, that, and that's okay. like, so, I, and the days that they don't make money, they right. still have to pay that $15. Yeah. yeah. So let me, let me then parlay this into mm-hmm. the next step of the discussion. Uh, so... I don't think anybody could argue that the majority of servers out there are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking about people who are majority women, uh, legislated to make lower money or less minimum wage than others. And then on top of that, their earnings are taxed because they're essentially a walking cash register, right? Like they have a float that they carry, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes you're responsible for your own float. Which is too. illegal. Yeah, but that's that's the norm. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, the, I, the girls will be told you got to have a hundred bucks in cash on you in different denominations You're when you come in. Kidding yeah. Me. Yeah. It is very rare for a bar to provide a float. That's insane. Um, so you got to bring, you got to walk in with a hundred bucks or more. I mean, a hundred is like the minimum. That's, if you yeah. want to make it through a whole shift, giving out tips, and you're doing any kind of business, you're probably going to want to walk in with closer to three. Okay, so Holy before shit. we go further in okay. this, from what I understand, yes. the origins of tipping right. are prohibition. Okay. Okay. So before prohibition, as with so many social interactions, one of my favorite things about food and wine and this culture, this lifestyle, is the history of it. Right. I'm not the guy that knows the molecules of everything that's in my fucking food, but I love the history. It's fascinating. Yes. Um. So prohibition, uh, when it came about, uh, owners suddenly lost liquor revenues. Right. Liquor revenues have very high margins of profit. Right. So they were forced to rely on food. And so the cost of food goes up. So the cost of business as a whole goes up. The margins take a huge nosedive. Okay, folks. Unfortunately for us, uh, being kind of new to the the added technology we had, our sound quality went a little pear-shaped after this. We, we had to take this quick break. I think you heard my phone go off. And when we came back uh, in my headphones, it sounded fine. But uh, for some reason, the audio on this recording... Uh, 
didn't go quite the way we wanted to. But we got a we got a solid uh, amount of time out of Corey there, and we will definitely be having him back again soon to finish this exact conversation. Him and I and Paul have had a chat about it, uh, and we had a lot of fun having him on the show. So we will be uh, we will be bringing him back as soon as we possibly can. Uh, stay tuned. Next uh, next episode, we'll have Mia back as her in her first episode as official third co-host of the show and we couldn't be more excited we've got an exciting conversation planned for that but i want to thank you all for listening uh because we didn't get to it uh here i will do the uh the, the roundup or the finish up uh you can contact the show drink this pod at gmail.com you can find us on facebook drink or facebook.com slash drink this pod uh, you can also tweet at us. We are at drinkthispod or twitter.com slash drinkthispod for those of you who don't know how to use the at sign. I'll never understand why whatever this is continues to say twitter.com slash whatever their uh, their handle is. It's just at, at drinkthispod. Stop it, guys. Seriously. You're making yourselves look old. Uh, you can find Paul on Twitter at Igor Zarubo, uh, and you can find Corey on Facebook Corey Rakowski or on Twitter at ChefCorey780. So we want to say thanks to him again uh, for coming on and having this conversation with us. It was uh, it was great to uh, to have this talk. I, uh, maybe it's just me building an echo chamber for myself, but I really appreciated a lot of the things he had to say, and I'm kind of choked. There was some stuff that came later that I thought was good, uh, but don't worry, we'll uh, we'll hit it all again next time we have him back. Uh, a quick update. We've been teasing for the better part of a year now uh, about the potential for a website, and it is coming. We're in the process of building it. Um, I'm working on getting the podcast archive in there, which means I'm going to spend a lot of time listening to backdated episodes of the show and cutting anything out that might jeopardize any of our careers. Uh, but goddamn, they're funny. Uh, just listening to the uh, to the intros to some of the early shows and. Uh, it makes me, uh, sometimes it makes me miss Paul Jansen being here, uh, so I think we might have to have him back again soon. Uh, episode 50 is coming up, so Paul, I know you're listening. No, you're not. Uh, episode 50, uh, you have to come back and, uh, and grace us with your dry sense of humor again, because, uh, we love Mia, but sometimes, uh, when I go back, I miss you too. Uh, so we look forward to, uh, hopefully having him back and getting that archive in place, but right, the website. So, uh, working on building the podcast archive, and the only the last hurdle to really jump through is making sure that we can, uh, I believe they call it, migrate our subscribers. So what would really, really help me uh, in doing this is if you subscribe to the show via iTunes or uh, if you follow us on Podomatic, because Podomatic uh, is want to uh, hold our, uh, our podcast feed hostage. They essentially hold our subscribers hostage. Currently, we pay for, like, the the lowest tier of their premium service just so we can keep a decent archive up and get people uh, who may be jumping on the show to have the opportunity to go back and listen to some other episodes. They're not just restricted to the two or three we can fit on uh, on the basic service at a time. But if I want to leave Podomatic, um, they won't allow me to, uh, at least I don't think they'll allow me to uh, take my subscribers with me. They essentially hold the feed hostage. If I want to pay them $500, uh, I can mess with the code and um, and just seamlessly migrate them, but I really don't want to spend five hundred dollars. So what I need from you, the listener, uh, is to reach out to us uh, if you know or uh, are aware of how to get this done without um, without paying them for it. 
that would be fabulous. Write us an email, drinkthispod at gmail.com. If you're a listener of this show, I, I know you guys are out there. I know that the listeners are out there. There may not be a ton of you, but I know you're present. Tweet at us. Let us know you listen to the show so that we, when we're ready and we're, we're, we've got the website ready to go and we're, we're primed to launch, we can seamlessly transition uh, from one feed to the other. Uh, so it may, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be a you unsubscribe and then resubscribe uh, or if you just kind of come over and check out the website and there'll be a lot of details there. But please, 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 if you listen to the show, tweet at us, let us know you're there and you want to keep getting it. Um, I would really appreciate it. So uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I am at Slingsbot. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, as I say, look look for uh, Mia to be sitting with us as her official, uh, first official episode as third co-host. We've got a great conversation uh, in the works for that. We've actually got a couple of good conversations lined up with Mia that we're planning already, so I'm super psyched. Uh, also looking forward to, uh, we've been in talks with uh, a friend of ours who's a rep in town uh, who's been wanting to come on the show for a while. So, Sam, we will have you soon. Uh, and look for our conversation with me next time. Uh, until next time, my name is Matt. Uh, he was Paul, he was Corey, and we'll drink with you again soon.